My name is Marla Grayson. I'm just someone who cares. Marla Grayson, you've had amazing success. What's your secret? There is no secret, Peter. She forces them into the home, auctions off their house, and uses the proceeds to pay herself. Because caring is my job. Sit! I will grab your dick and balls, and I will rip them clean off. card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on Cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Hello and welcome to TV Concierge, a podcast on the ringer.com that helps you navigate the vast streaming landscape. My name is Chris Ryan. I host The Watch. I host The Answer. I'm joined by Amanda Dobbins, host of The Big Picture host of Jam Session. Hi, Amanda. Hello, Christopher. We are here to talk about the number one streaming film on Netflix right now, I Care A Lot, directed by Jay Blakeson, starring Rosamund Pike, Peter Dinklage, and Diane Wiest. And Amanda, I will start, as we usually do with our exit survey questions, I'm going to ask you for your tweet-length review of this movie. Do you want the cute answer or the real answer? I want the real answer. And you can break Twitter guidelines and go more than 240 characters. Well, the real answer is that I like this movie was not for me and I was pretty confused by it and pretty confused by it being at the number one spot on Netflix. Those are a lot of different issues, right? It being number one on Netflix and me not being super into the vibe, very separate. And I want to talk more about why and how it became so popular because this is not the type of movie that we see at number one on Netflix that often. I mean, we just don't see movies at number one on that or new movies at number one on Netflix that often. My cute answer was a little bit about like the combination of styles here. And I think that's what didn't work for me about it. It was like part a movie directed by Instagram, you know, with the Bob haircut and all the pink and like the, This hyper stylized um, pops of color everywhere. Like, honestly, it looks very nice. Mm -hmm. Part of it is that it's like a really grim dateline uh, story, (laughs) you know, like about elder abuse. And then Peter Dinklage is also there in like an SNL skit about the Russian mob, which just seems like a completely separate film. And I like all of I don't like, um, you know, the stories depicted on dateline. Those are really upsetting. But I like everything else that's going on. It's just that they're mashed together in ways that didn't coalesce for me. But that's me talking for a while. What do you well, think? No, it, 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 that's your Twitter thread. Okay. Th- yeah. This would be like some thoughts on I Care A Lot, one okay. of seven. You sure. Know? <laughs> right. Uh, my review, my tweet length review would basically be 
I can't remember a movie where I was actively cheering for the death of every major character in the film. <laughs> and I am somebody who actually like strangely prides himself on not getting like too judgmental about characters in, in movies or TV shows or books. Like I don't treat them like they're real people. I don't treat them like they, they deserve certain justice or, you know, committed certain wrongs. And yet the specific nature of what's going on in this film, and we can get into this, just I was actually like in the middle of the movie being like, I wonder how they'll kill Rosamund Pike. That right. will be cool. And I'm like, that's a gross feeling to have while you're watching a movie. It's interesting because this movie is definitely playing with that idea of who are you supposed to root for? And it wants you to hate everybody. And I think like Rosamund Pike's performance has been singled out. She's nominated for a Golden Globe. She's wonderful. I'm always happy to see Rosamund Pike. She's kind of made a career of these movies post of these roles post Gone Girl of just like being the the edgy ice cold character who you mm -hmm. root for even though you're not supposed to. And I think even in this movie, she's playing a little bit with that idea of are you supposed to root for this person? But the movie is really provoking you with every single character and every single motivation to the point that there's nothing to latch on to. And like, I don't want to be a simple person, but I kind of, at the end of the day, am when it comes to movies. And it's like, if there's no one to root for and there's like no direction and it's just constantly poking at you, I, like you get kind of tired or I did at least. It also, I would say that this movie doesn't really commit to any one bit. Right. So there is a black comedy in here. There is a very explicit voiceover theme about America and what it takes to succeed in America, what it takes to succeed in the world and capitalism and playing by the rules versus not playing by the rules that I think you could kind of like um, charitably suggest is kind of like Wolf of Wall Street or kind of like, you know, a, a bunch of movies where there's like that VO is happening and you're like, oh yeah, but this is what this movie is actually about. And then like you said with the SNL thing, there's like a crime movie underneath where it's mm -hmm. sort of about the Russian mob and witness protection and and all this other stuff. And and I do get the feeling like this was a movie where they had a certain amount of days with the performers that were in the movie and those performances are not always calibrated to locked together like Chris Messina shows up in this movie and and is doing sure does I haven't seen Chris Messina in a minute to be honest like I don't know where he's what he's been up to but he is in a different movie I think than Rosamund Pike you know especially his outfits which are these yes. like elaborate sort of like uh, Miami Vice versions of Hal Holbrook doing Mark Twain yeah <laughs> smart review i believe that the director is british and he set the um this satire in america and it is like a really heightened satire of america to the point that christmas scene is wearing every piece of jewelry that his character could possibly be wearing plus five more yes yeah they all seem to be in different movies i i think you're smart that there was a limited amount of time and so they were just kind of you know movies aren't always filmed in order people sure. don't always meet everybody else you don't really have a sense of what's going on and with something that really does need such a specific tonal balance to work it can be hard to get everybody on the same page but i uh, was confused yeah so why don't we go through a couple more exit survey questions here i guess okay. i'll ask you what was your favorite and then what was your least favorite part of the movie well I guess I liked when Rosamund Pike was on screen and I thought that what she was doing, especially in the court scenes was kind of 
the most congruous mm-hmm. where what she's doing and what the movie thinks it's doing and what the the set design and everything all adds up and she's playing a certain type of character and I understand what they have to say about this system and the ways that it can be exploited. So I liked her. And again, I always like to see her though. Like, would it kill someone to give her another role, like an education where she gets to have some fun? I just right. let's, let's consider it. Um, my least favorite part of the movie, you know, there's about a 30 to 45 minutes stretch there. It's like the last third of the movie or right before the end where Rosamund Pike is just uh, trying to evade death in various ways. And the score is just pounding so loudly in. There's like a half hour montage. Right. And it's just, there's no words and no real motivation. And the score is, I think, supposed to supply all of the emotion. And I'm a big music fan. Love music. I thanks to all the musicians. Um, It's, it's like, it's a lot. And I was just kind of like, okay, we've reached the end of the experiment here, but I'm, I'm still watching this movie. The worst thing that ever happened in the history of cinema is somebody, somebody introduced the idea of walking in slow motion while a song is playing. (laughs) Because I feel like that was, that is now the most overused visual trope in movies. And Mm -hmm. they use that a bunch of times in this movie. I feel like it is like the the Reservoir Dogs walking scene. There's probably dozens of Scorsese times. And now it's just become like, it's in every Seth Rogen movie. And I'm like, I got it. Like people are walking into a room while a song is playing. It's Um, like in their defense, I would love to do that once in my life. You know, it is the the thing you see in a movie that you can kind of export to your own life and, and do. So I get it, but also I've had enough. I, I say my favorite part of the movie was the 10 or 15 minutes where I was like, they're really going to make a movie out of somebody who is an elder abuser. Mm-hmm. Like they're just that when I thought that the movie was going to be limited to Rosamund Pike's draining of people's bank accounts as she brings them into their retirement care, the care facility. Um, I thought I was like, this is really brave. I don't know how this is a popular film. I don't know, you know what we're supposed to glean from this. I, I, but I was open to it. And then when it becomes like a Russian mafia and she becomes like a super assassin at the end of the movie, I was just kind of like, I don't know, nothing about the first two thirds of this movie suggested that the last third of this movie would happen. Correct. We're on the same page. I, did you read anything about the tooth and the milk? When I you didn't. said super assassin, this I, I brought this up. So I did, you know, we live in a world where there's a content economy around like blogging about the tooth and the milk. But apparently if you do lose a tooth, you can put it in milk and it's a little bit of kind of like an urban myth, but you can preserve the tooth and the milk until you can have it re That sounds a lot like you can put your soaking wet iPhone in a bag of rice. I think it is from like the same vein of help. (laughs) But anyway, like to go from this is a movie about elder abuse to just so you know, you can put your tooth in some milk is that's that's the experience of this movie in a nutshell. Yeah. Next question is, how is this the number one movie on Netflix? What are we doing? What's up, society? I think it's fascinating. Because I wouldn't have expected, you know, it's original. It's not franchise. Rosamund Pike was in Gone Girl, which was very successful. And I like her a lot. But I wouldn't say that she's like the number one thumbnail draw. Our pal Andrew Gutadero had a theory that it's just the bob cut, Mm -hmm. like in her actual styling, that in the thumbnail made it look, you know, and it does, like I said, this, this movie borrows a lot from Instagram aesthetic and is aware of kind of, you know, what people look like online and what you want to click on. So maybe that did actually just work. I think it's pretty good theory. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I at this point, I I really do feel like if something is snappy and new and it's on Netflix, it's at least going to get a run. And I, I, you know, there are some things like where you see it and you're like, oh, I wonder why that didn't take off on Netflix. But like for the most part, I just feel like this was something that had like a catchy trailer mm-hmm. that probably engaged people enough to at least start it. I think also... I don't really think that this matters that much, but it was well-reviewed. I Mm -hmm. think you and I are in the minority of being like, what did we just, what happened here? Yes. And I do also want to say, listen, I I led with this movie doesn't work for me and it didn't, but this is the type of movie where there are like enough is working or enough choices have been made. And clearly someone's put thought into some aspects of this. Oh, I wasn't bored. Yeah. And, but like, En- enough is going on here that you then are probably unduly hard on what doesn't work because it's just like, wow, you just, we tried some things and it didn't add up. So I, I give them credit for it working and maybe it did work for some other people or they were just willing to click on that thumbnail and go on the ride at least until Peter. I'd be like, I've always up. wanted to know what to do with my tooth. Yeah, exactly. Also, I mean, it's like 30 minutes and then Peter Dinklage does show up and Peter Dinklage, very popular actor. So mm-hmm. then perhaps people are like, oh, okay. So I thought it was this bummer movie and now it's Peter Dinklage yes. in, a, in a heist movie. So I, I guess I'll just keep watching. Speaking of Dinklage, where are mm-hmm. the Russian, Russian accents in this movie? If it's the Russian mob. I'm not an expert on the Russian mob. Is it to a person you got to have an accent to be in the community these days? Uh, I mean, I think that it's just interesting because like every single one of those guys, even though they're named like Alexei and Roman, don't seem to have any Russian accent. But I thought that was an interesting twist there. Um, Who did you find more like reprehensible or morally like vacant? The Mm -hmm. Rosamund Pike character or the Dinklage character? I think that's sort of the point is that there is no difference, right? I think that is sort of the point. But for me, it was really easily the Rosamund Pike character. <laughs> yes. So I just, it was like, I at least understood why when Peter Dinklage. Just like, I'm going to take away your arthritis right. medication and give you sedatives during the day and uppers during the night. I was like, you're the devil. Right. And it's all legal. And she just gives a lot of speeches about that. Yeah. Listen, the Russian mob does kill several people in this film. So sure. we don't endorse that. But no, not on this podcast. Not on this podcast. We're taking a firm stand against killing people, yeah. organized crime or not. But they are killing people who are bad people who have been. It's like it, it's I don't know. I, I Rosamund Pike was 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 the bad person. I am. She, she's like the best part of this movie and the, 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 the thing that made me the queasiest. Yeah. You know? Maybe that's why. Last question. What's mm-hmm. up with the vaping? She just vapes all throughout this film. I, I honestly don't know. I recently read the Mike Nichols biography, which I really recommend by Mark mm-hmm. Harris. And he talks about one of how one of Mike Nichols's innovations was like giving actors something to do always that actors look more natural and like themselves, you know, uh-huh. which is not like a, a huge insight, but, um, I think it was when Mike Nichols did it. And so I wondered whether she just needed something to do all of the time. I, like, I, I don't know. It's definitely effective when she's talking to Messina and she's just got billows of smoke coming out of her. I do also wonder whether it was like part of the, you know, Instagram, TikTok, like yes. nod towards cool things, but also we're making fun of them. But are we? Because that's also how we're selling the movie. Right. Right. No, that's a good point. Well, Amanda, I think we've gotten to the bottom of this. This was not a movie that we loved, (laughs) but it is a movie that we are intrigued by. 
Yes. And I'm fascinated. I, I, I'm i sure we'll get some feedback from people who are like, I actually fucking love this movie. So shout out to you. I, I look forward to your, your comments. Amanda, thank you so much for joining me today. Chris, thank you. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.